You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook, where we post all of our podcast content, and you can subscribe to Locked On Packers on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play, Wherever you find podcasts, you'll find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin and the show. For fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. It was an extremely busy day on the opening of free agency, the unofficial opening because this is the legal tampering period. Monday was the start. I said it was 4 p.m. Eastern. That's the close of tampering on Wednesday. It was actually noon Eastern on Monday. But you got the picture because if you were anywhere near your smart device or on Twitter or near a TV, you saw that stuff was happening almost immediately. And it was an enormous wave of money being thrown at all kinds of players, offensive linemen, defensive linemen, linebackers, safeties, all sorts of players getting the bag. And we're never going to complain about a player getting paid. They deserve to get paid. And that's great for them. But we do have to talk about their value and what is their value relative to their team. And then that value is is relevant for our discussion because then we have to decide should the Packers, for what it would have cost to bring in that player and their impact on this team, have been worth it. And so we're going to go through some names of big-time players who were signed that could have been interesting to the Packers, that Green Bay could have been interested. We know, in fact, at least two names that Green Bay was interested, uh, Tayshawn Gibson and Malik Jackson. As of this recording, all of this is going to be accurate to about you know 12 Eastern uh, because some of us have to sleep. And uh, we know that, that Tayshawn Gibson did not uh, end up signing with Green Bay, or at least Tom Silverstein reported that he did not intend to sign with Green Bay. Uh, The Packers were interested in Malik Jackson, but he ultimately signed with Philadelphia. And we'll get to that part of this discussion a little bit later. But we have to open the show with the safety part of free agency because it was crazy. It was wild. And we thought we would see some big numbers at the top of the market. I did anticipate some big numbers. Now, I, I did say that I thought the market would be a little bit depressed. I should have clarified because I did not believe that the top of the market would not be appealing for teams. So it shouldn't be surprising that Landon Collins, Tyron Matthew, and LaMarcus Joyner all got paid. We expected them to get paid, and we expected them to get paid a pretty sizable uh, amount. What we didn't expect was for Landon Collins to get six years, 84 or Tyron Matthew to get three years, 42, and play in Kansas City. Now, I had mentioned that he did not want to play north of the Mason-Dixon line, signed in Kansas City. So he must have decided at a certain point that that is a huge amount of money, 
and he wanted to win a title and and winning was more important than living somewhere warm. $14 million for Tyron Matthew is a lot. Now, I will say with that deal, I want to highlight that one in particular because their pro football focus tweeted a stat that Matthew last season in over 1,100 snaps had 300 plus snaps in the slot covering as a corner or a safety on a, you know, a receiver, tight end, running back in the box and at free. So he had 300 plus at each. This is what we talked about last week. The kind of safety that can play a little bit of everywhere, play in the box, play in the slot, play deep. When you have, I mean, at an equal balance, 300 plus snaps in the slot, 300 plus snaps in the box, 300 plus snaps as a free safety. That is the kind of versatile player who deserves to get paid. I just don't know that his talent and his impact on the game is worth that level of money. And and I have made my feelings clear on Landon Collins. Two one-dimensional. I think he's a very good player. $14 million a year for six years is just too much. And we have to assume that, you know, the guarantees are not such that, you know, the, the last two years he's still going to be paid as a top-of-market safety or that they can get out of the deal after three or four years. But that is still an absolutely massive contract. I don't think Green Bay or their fans should be disappointed that they didn't make these deals. It's too much money. I still believe the best way in 2019 to get the safety that you want is to get one from college. It's what the Dolphins did. It's what the Chargers did. And they got stars because the the way they're playing in college is closer to the way teams are trying to play in the NFL. They just don't have the horses to do it. And that is why, and maybe I should have taken this more into account, and I'll cop to that. They're trying to find guys. And so there's desperation in the marketplace that I hadn't accounted for that I think pushed up some of these these deals where teams are like, we don't have the right guys, so let's cut them. But we need to find the right guys because we don't have them. Because while I do think the safety position is not as valuable as some will insist that it is, Having good players there still matters. If you have a good safety, you have a good safety, and he can help you win football games. I just don't know what the value is relative to a pass rusher, let's say. So that's why some of these deals are are just puzzling. The, you know, the Raiders have funny money. So if they want to spend $10.5 million on LaMarcus Joyner, that's great. But he's going to go to Oakland and not do anything. I mean, he's a fine player. He's an okay player. He's not a $10 million a year player. Randall Cobb in his prime in 2014 got a $10 million a year deal. You you can't give these kinds of contracts out to just okay players. The Patriots have figured this out. You either have a star and you pay them like they did with Stephon Gilmore, or you find value somewhere else. You find value somewhere else. You find value at $5 million, $6 million, $7 million, $8 million. Not 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 million. That's not where the value is unless you're talking about, you know, you get a quarterback on a on a small deal that turns out to be a much better player than you thought. Something like that. Unless you're paying for a top of market player, you just can't give out these top of market deals. So where does that leave the Packers for day two? I, I this is this is not the whole wave one, but I think it's it's most of wave one. 
Earl Thomas, as of this recording, unsigned. Adrian Amos, as of this recording, unsigned. Although it was reported late Monday night that the Packers were in on the Adrian Amos deal, hopefully, LOL, hopefully by the time the show comes out, that will not have changed. But if it has, I'm putting this show out. This show will stand on its own and we'll do a full Adrian Amos breakdown and all of that. We, we won't try and shoehorn it into all of this because I think all of this discussion is useful as well as we move forward into free agency officially. Remember, none of these contracts are official until the league year starts on Wednesday. This is just recruiting time. This is this is fun time to, to talk to players and and try and work out contracts in in premise, in theory. So is Green Bay, I mean, we haven't heard that they've been in on anything else at safety other than Amos. Doesn't seem like they were in on Collins. Doesn't seem like they were in on Matthew. Doesn't seem like they were in on Joyner. Kenny Vaccaro re-signed in Tennessee. That was a player Green Bay could have had last offseason, so I don't think he would have drawn their attention this offseason. They passed one time already. One interesting offshoot, though, of the Tyron Matthew deal is Eric Berry was the highest paid safety in the league before all of this free agency stuff. Kansas City is probably not going to pay both these guys. So the Chiefs can cut him, June won him, spread out the cap hit, and he hits the open market. Now, he probably has a market, but it's not going to be 14, 15, 16 million, I don't think. Not coming off the Achilles. Obviously, he's dealt with things much bigger than football in his life. His cancer battle is absolutely incredible. And, you know, he is in his prime, was a very good player was exposed a little bit by the Patriots, but I'm I'm going to chalk that up to, you know, he's still not all the way back from that Achilles. He could be a value player in the way that Justin Houston is. You get a former blue chip guy, not quite in his prime, but in his secondary prime still. I mean, he can still be an impactful player. He's just not a top of market guy. So can you get him 8, 9, 10? That's the range where I think the numbers make sense. More than that, and things start to get cloudy for the Packers and how much they want to spend, how much they're going to spend. I still don't think that they ever wanted to be at these top-of-market discussions. If someone like Barry gets on the market and isn't going to be that guy, he wants to go play for a team that has a similar culture as Kansas City and, and can compete for a Super Bowl, then maybe Green Bay is an appealing location and he's willing to, to play on eight or 9, or 10. If he is, that's something Green Bay should certainly be interested in pursuing. I want to thank everyone who reached out about Anthony Barr. When the news broke Monday night that the Jets had reached an agreement in principle with Anthony Barr that it would be in that 13 to $14 million range. By the way, the number that I threw out, the number that I suggested he would get is what he ended up getting because the Jets are going to let him rush the passer. That is where he belongs in the NFL. And a lot of people believed that about him. Remember I told you I had a uh, an NFL scout tell me that if you were in the 2014 draft, this was during the lead up to the 2014 draft, if you were a 3-4 player, you might just take Anthony Barr over Jadavion Clowney because of the fit in a 3-4 defense. Yes, he's raw. Yes, he hasn't played the position in a number of years. He's still 
really talented. I've made, I mean, I don't have to make the case to you guys. You, you know the case. I've made it. It's in print. It's clipped to my, my Twitter profile. You can go find the piece if you want to, if you want to hear it. I'm going to have to put something else there. I don't know what I'm going to put there, but that is, you know, that's an important piece to fall for the Packers. Now, none of the other top free agents that they, they were likely to be in on Trey Flowers is in Detroit on a huge, huge deal. And Green Bay was never going to be in for that for that price, um, $17, $18 million. That's just not tenable for Green Bay, given their current salary cap, given their current roster construct. It's just not tenable. And it would not have been a smart move to, perf- to pursue Trey Flowers. It just is difficult. Now, in the NFC North, where you've got two edge pass rushers for Minnesota, now they're going to lose Sheldon Richardson in all likelihood. The Bears have Khalil Mack and Leonard Floyd. The Lions have Snacks Harrison. Now they're going to have Trey Flowers. Green Bay has Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark. They're working to upgrade their front, working to upgrade their edge rush. I do want to point out, though, when the Packers reports came out that, that they wanted to add pass rush, the reports did not say edge rush. And the fact that they were in on Malik Jackson, who ended up getting a three-year, $30 million deal with Philadelphia, which is huge and not a deal that I think Green Bay would have done or wanted to do. It was originally reported as three years, 10, and and Twitter freaked out because they were like, wait, 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 what? How was every team in the league not in on three years, 10? But no, three years, 30, three years at $10 million a year, which is obviously a big damn difference. Green Bay... Being in on Malik Jackson suggests to me, and after their pursuit of Muhammad Wilkerson, and after essentially ignoring their edge rush in year one, that Mike Patton really does prioritize interior push above all else. So does that bring into play someone like Sheldon Richardson? Does that make someone like Ed Oliver more appealing to the Packers at the top of the first round. I think at Oliver, if he's there at 12, that's a no brainer. I think you could see a surprise if green Bay signs someone like Sheldon Richardson and he's going to cost 10, 11. Personally, I would rather have Sheldon Richardson at 11, let's say than Preston Smith at 12 or Zadarius Smith at 12. I just think he's a better, more consistent, more proven, more disruptive player still in his prime. I love Sheldon Richardson coming out. He's someone that, if he's motivated, he can wreck games. He's wrecked Packers games before. (laughs) He's a really good player, and he's someone that Mike Patton could absolutely use. You get a rotation with Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark and someone like Sheldon Richardson, and suddenly you've got something really good. And all those guys are then better because you have a rotation. Having that. And not having the burden on all those guys. You can put Richardson out on the field on third down and let him rush inside. Let him go against centers and guards one-on-one. He can get to the quarterback. He is a He's a, a scary athlete. He's really talented. And still in the prime of his career. The Chiefs, I mentioned the Tyron Matthew deal and the potential for Eric Berry. Their pursuit of an ultimate um, you know, signing of Tyron Matthew also could elevate their timeline. It could fast track it because what Peter King reported, I mentioned this on Monday, was that the Chiefs were hoping to trade D Ford so that they could clear some space 
to then pursue an inside linebacker or a free safety. Now, Peter King mentioned Earl Thomas and C.J. Mosley, but they got Tyron Matthew. So if they did the thing that they wanted to do, are they now motivated to move D. Ford, or does it work the other way where they're like, well, we got the guy we wanted, we didn't have to get off space, and so now we're fine. The Packers, it was reported Monday morning that they were willing to wait, which is just another way of saying, KC, we'll do it on your timeline. Maybe we're not as interested as you think. And to me, that felt like a tactic to get them to say, hey, uh, if you want to use your space, you better do this deal with us because we'll wait. We'll wait. Chiefs did their deal anyway. Now, that could still mean Green Bay is going to is gonna make a deal for D. Ford. It could still, obviously, Justin Houston's a free agent. So he could be signed outright. No worries about compensation or anything like that. But the Matthew deal has a two-pronged effect for the Packers because Eric Berry and D. Ford, this could have potential consequences for those two players. And Green Bay has done more than just express interest in D Ford, it sounds like they're actively engaged in talks. Now, whether those are full-on negotiations or just quote-unquote talks, we don't know. But Green Bay is in the mix. Uh, I know that a lot of fans were frustrated that they were in a lot of these conversations and didn't come through. But you have to understand, look at these numbers. Look at the numbers. They're huge. Green Bay does not want to put that kind of burden on their salary cap. They have... They have space next year, but they also have a huge cache of draft capital this year to get young, cheap talent. They can be picky. None of the top guards were signed. That's a key hole for them. There are still quality safeties out there, a ton of them, in fact, many of whom will go for two, three, four million dollars. There are still basically all the pass rushers out there, the the pure Guys who were pass rushers last year other than Flowers, Preston Smith, Zedaria Smith, Marcus Golden, all those names that we talked about when we did our Edge show, those guys are still out there. And they were not in wave one of this free agency, which doesn't mean they're not going to get huge deals, but generally, the big money happens early. And it's a lot like gambling. Early money in gambling tends to be public money. It tends to be stupid money. It tends to be, I'm sorry, that's just the reality. Early money is usually reckless money. Late money. What happens on Fridays when the injury report comes out? What happens 20 minutes before kick? That's the late money. That's the sharp money. The guys who really know what they're doing. That's when the real pros, the sharps, that's when they make their money. That's when they make their move. Green Bay went out early, cut Jordy Nelson, signed Jimmy Graham last year. didn't work out. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen every time, but those kinds of moves, historically speaking in the NFL, don't work out. Big money free agents do not have a long track record of success in the NFL. They just don't. The best route, the NFL is not so different from the NBA in that the best route to success is drafting well, and assigning your own players. That is the best path to success. It's something Ted Thompson understood. And that doesn't mean doing nothing else, which was something he didn't understand. 
but it means having to find these value points, these inflection points where the money makes sense relative to the value for the team and you're not hamstringing yourself down the way. That's what Green Bay has to avoid. It's not Aaron Rodgers' salary. It's not affecting them. They're fine. They can sign. They could have signed any of these players. They could have. They could have. They decided not to. And let's be clear about that. They weren't being cheap. A lot of these teams were being reckless. The Landon Collins deal is reckless. The Tyron Matthew deal is huge. Could he play to that contract? Maybe. He hasn't been that player in a number of years. So I would, I'm pretty dubious of it. And I'd much rather have an Adrian Amos at $8 million, or even a Trey Boston at 3 or $4 million. And I'd certainly rather have Chauncey Gardner-Johnson or Taylor Rapp or Jonathan Abram or one of these rookies, even if in year one there's a little bit of a struggle because you're banking on cornerback development, you're banking on whatever they get as pass rush to soften the blow for your safety so they don't have to work as hard. That is That should be the goal of every team, to build their team that way. Rush the passer cover the receivers. Safeties are not doing that. They're not covering play to play. They're covering space and they're covering up for mistakes. But if you have good secondary players, you know, Mike Pettin's defenses weren't great because Darrell Rivas had safety help. No, they were great because they had Darrell Rivas and Antonio Cromartie. They had really good cornerbacks and they had a pass rush that was good enough. None of those guys were stud pass rushers. They didn't have any stud guys. They had a really smart coordinator that was able to scheme up defenses, scheme up blitzes. They had versatile players in the back end and they had really good cornerbacks. That is the basis of a really good team. Green Bay has laid the foundation with the corners. They have good interior players. Now they need to add on the edge and then you supplement, supplement with the safeties. That's why I just, I really don't see someone like Earl Thomas, who's even just asking for two years, 30, the length of the contract is appealing. 15 million is a ton. Now, I think he is the one player who could live up to that kind of contract, but I think it'd be a stretch. I think it's a risk. It's a it's a big risk, in fact. And I think he'd have to play, you know, prime Earl Thomas to live up to that contract. Not saying he couldn't do it. I'm just saying I don't see the Packers doing it. And I'm not totally sure I would do it if I were them. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. Remember, when news breaks, we will have shows. If there's nothing to talk about, there's nothing to talk about. And then we'll have a standard morning show. So let's say we get through Tuesday, the Packers don't do anything, then we'll have a standard morning show. If they do something on Wednesday, we will have an emergency podcast to break down the signing. So I I, I did say that I thought they, they needed to come out at night to account for that, that will only be the case if there's a signing. So that will come immediately after a signing. We'll, we'll sit down, we'll do a show quick, 15 minutes hopefully, just one or two blocks, and just talk about the signing immediately. And then the next day, we can have a longer discussion about free agency as a whole, where the Packers go, what they still need to do, all of that kinds of stuff. So a ton of content coming for you this week. A ton to look out for. Best way to be up on all of it is to be subscribed to the show. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Spotify. Have all of your stuff right in one place. It's really, really easy. They make it easy for you. It's technology. It's great when it works. Use your smart device. Play it in your car. Tell your car to play Locked on Packers. It's there. So tell them to play it. It's easy. It's easy. 
easier than than trying to convince the really cynical Packer fans that it's okay they didn't sign anyone on day one. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. If you want to talk to me about free agency, you want to send me a message, send me a voicemail, whatever it is, hit me up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline. You know the number, 920-341-3775. And as always, stay Locked on Packers. Locked on Packers.